All right, for those that didn't get a sheet, if you would raise your hand one last time. If you need a, need a prayer sheet for tonight. Get one. Just one up here, Brother Bill. And I better grab one too. I... <laughs> All right, we'll look at we'll look at that in, in a little bit. If you take your Bibles this evening and uh, turn in your Bibles to Psalm 123, Psalm Starting at Psalm 120 to Psalm 134, we had these 15 psalms that are labeled this, and uh, it's believed that these were sung maybe on the the three uh, holy days when uh, each year when uh, all the men had to appear in Jerusalem, and as they were going up to Jerusalem, ascending up to Jerusalem. They would sing these songs that were degrees there speaks of an ascent, like heading up, going up stairs. And there's a different focus of, of each of them. But this evening we're going to look at number 123, Psalm 123. If, you would, if you're able to stand for the reading of God's Word, this is a great, great song, great application for us in the times that we're living in. Unto thee lift I up mine eyes, O thou that dwellest in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of servants look unto the hand of their masters, and as the eyes of a maiden unto the hand of her mistress, so our eyes wait upon the Lord our God until that he have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, O Lord, have mercy upon us, for we are exceedingly filled with contempt. Our soul is exceedingly filled with the scorning of those that are at ease and with the contempt of the proud. Let's pray. Father, I do thank you for your word. and uh, Father, I pray that you would speak to our hearts this evening as we look at this psalm and uh, this prayer of of, uh, just a heart's desire, Father, for your your mercy, for your grace, Lord, in the midst of those that... Lord, I have no desire for you. And uh, Father, we pray that in the times that we're living, uh, Father, we certainly desire your, your mercy, Lord, on your people, on your churches, uh, Father, on our country. And uh, Father, I pray that you would help us tonight, speak to us through your word, and uh, bless our time, of, our time of prayer following this. And Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. As you look at this passage of Scripture tonight before, before we spend time in prayer together, in the Song of Degrees, this, this prayer for, almost a prayer of revival. Uh, in that first verse, we see our dependency unto thee, lift up 
Lift I up mine eyes, O thou that dwellest in the heavens. Uh, here we see a confidence, uh, an expressed confidence in who God is. As we lift up our eyes to him, he is the one uh, that can help. He's the one that can give us grace. He's the one that can, can fix any situation. And our dependency is completely in a, upon him. In Psalm 141, verse number 8. It says, But mine eyes are unto thee, O God, the Lord, in thee is my trust. Leave not my soul destitute. In Psalm 25, he says, Mine eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. Who do you depend on in every situation of life? Often we might say, Who would you depend on in when times get tough? But even when times are going great, our eyes ought to be always unto the Lord. Uh, he ought to be our dependence in good times and in bad times, in all times. Uh, we ought to put our confidence in Him, our dependency is upon Him, uh, unto Him. We ought to lift up our eyes at all times. In Psalm 78, uh, 73, verse number 28, the psalmist says that it is good for me. It is good for me to draw near to God. It's good for us uh, to understand that... Our confidence is to be only in Him, and we are to put our trust and our faith in Him. Uh, turn back to Psalm, if you're here still in 123, turn back to Psalm 115. Look at verses 9 through 15. Psalm 15, verses 9 through 15. It says, O Israel, trust thou in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Ye that fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. The Lord hath been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. Ye are blessed of the Lord which made heaven and earth. What promises uh, we have there. What wonderful uh, reminders that not just Israel, not just the house of Aaron, uh, but ye that fear the Lord, that he is our trust, he is our help, uh, he is our shield, and we can trust him. We can depend upon him for all of our needs. Uh, we can trust the Lord with all of our heart, and lean not, as we lean not under our own understanding, we can... Uh, in, Acknowledge him in all of our ways. Uh, we can trust him with every aspect of our life. So we have our confidence is, is in him. But as you look at that first verse again, Unto thee I lift up mine eyes, O thou that dwellest in the heavens. We also see here a, an aspect of the conscience. You know, a clear conscience allows us to confidently lift up our eyes unto the Lord. Uh, when we are involved in sinful practices, when our, uh, when our life is going contrary to the Word of God, uh, our prayer lives are greatly affected. We do not feel that we can pray. Uh, this, is, this is brought out so many places in Scripture. Uh, just look at, just mentioned two tonight in Ezra 9, verse number 6. Ezra is praying and says, Oh my God, I am ashamed and blush to lift up my face to thee. My God. For our iniquities are increased over our head, and our trespass has grown up into the heavens. 
He blushed to lift up his face to God. Why? Because of their iniquities. What a shameful thing it is that we have sin in our life. And when we allow sin in our life and we're living, have sinful practices in our, in our life, that greatly affects our prayer life. Because as God's children, we are ashamed. We ought to be ashamed of our sin. And how can we lift up our eyes? Think about the publican there in Luke 18. He had the Pharisee and the publican. The, and the Pharisee stood the very self-righteous, uh, lifting up his face to heaven, basically just talking to God as if he was his, his buddy, uh, praising himself before God. But it says of, of the publican, in Luke 18, verse 13, that he was standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes into heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. When the psalmist here could say unto thee, lift, up, lift I up mine eyes, O thou that dwellest in the heavens. And that speaks of a conscience that is clear. A conscience that we ought to strive for in our own life so that we can have this kind of confidence coming for the Lord and, and pray as we ought to pray. In verse number 2, we see our dedication that we ought to have. It says, Behold, as the eyes of servants look unto the hand of their masters, and as the eyes of a maiden unto the hand of her mistress, so our eyes wait upon the Lord our God until that he have mercy upon us. We ought to be very perceptive as to the source of, of our help. When we consider our desire for revival, revival comes from the Lord. We can't work it up. We can't legislate it. Uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of places, a lot of churches that you would, it would seem like they, they work it up. And they'll have a big shouting meeting. But I've been to some meetings when you can tell that they're just trying to work it up. They're just trying to make something happen, maybe that happened at some other time. Listen, when God moves, he moves. <laughs> he, doesn't need, he doesn't need us to, to work ourselves up. If you read the history of, of some of the revivals, read the history of the revival at the uh, Great Awakening here in the United States and, uh, and some of the uh, moves of God when Jonathan Edwards was, was preaching. Jonathan Edwards, by different accounts, was not a, a big, fiery preacher. As he, as he preached sinners in the hands of an angry God, uh, from testimonies of that, he, he read his message, and he wasn't a very good reader. <laughs> uh, it was just a, a monotone reading of, of his message. But God blessed. God used, blessed his word. And God did great things. But we need to be perceptive. Here we see in that culture many times servants as they were, they'd be in rooms as they'd be waiting upon, upon their masters. They would just be watching the hand of their master. The masters would want to say, hey, John, hey, Susie, hey, you guys come here. I need something done. Uh, they would just give little hand signals. And the servants would be watching their master's hands and, and know what their master needed. So the eyes of the servants were looking under the hand. Nine, it says that it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. 
And when we want God to move, we need to be looking to him, not to programs, not to meetings, not to conferences, not to all sorts of things that men want to do in order to bring about revival. Revival comes from him. We're going to be looking to his hand. He has a, he is a directing hand where he, he, he directs us. He gives us, points us in the right direction as far as for serving him. Uh, his hand is a, is a dispensing hand where he supplies for the needs that we have, uh, whether spiritual or physical. Uh, he's got a defending hand that writes what's wrong when, when those that would come against us and strive against us and strive against the things of God. He, God knows what to do. God knows how to defend his people. God knows how to defend his word. God knows how to defend his churches. So we look to him. Is a disciplining hand that leads us back to his fold when we stray. And he's got a hand that we look forward to one day when he distributes his rewards to us. But we look to him. Our confidence is in him. Our eyes are upon him. And as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their masters, as the eyes of a maiden to the hand of her mistress, that's who we look to. And we're to be persevering in securing that help. Think of, of, uh, of Jacob uh, there in Genesis 32 when he's wrestling with the angel. And the angel said, let me go. <laughs> uh, for the day breaketh, and he says, I'm not going to let you go. Until you bless me, I'm not going to let you go. Do we persevere in seeking God? That's what, that's what comes out here is uh, the eyes of a maiden into the hand of her mistress, the eyes of servants into the hand of their masters. Their whole expectancy is, is to their master, to their, uh, to their mistress, and just waiting upon them to supply, to direct, but also to supply for those needs. And Hosea, speaking of, of Jacob, said, Yea, he had power over the angel and prevailed. He wept and made supplication unto him. He found him in Bethel, and there he spake with us. Do we have power with God? Do we prevail in prayer with God? When we make supplication uh, to him, do we find him? Do we find him? Paul told the Corinthians to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Listen, that includes in prayer. Do we persevere in prayer? Do we persevere in seeking God's hand for revival, for help, for working in our midst? Do we persevere in prayer? You know, the superficial uh, prayer, not prayer, but the person that prays, a prayer. <laughs> the superficial one that prays stops praying when, when God delays. When God doesn't answer in a way, uh, he puts his prayer list away, so I guess God's not going to answer. That's the superficial, uh, the one that's just praying superficially. Uh, we need to have faith that God's going to pray. We're going to keep praying and seeking God and prevailing with him until he answers, until God blesses. Uh, we will be like that importunate uh, widow, like the one knocking constantly until God answers. Turn, if you would, over to, to Matthew 15. 
We see some examples here. One example in particular of a woman that many would say would have no chance of God ever answering her prayer. Matthew 15, verse number 21, Then Jesus went thence and departed unto the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coasts and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not me to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. And she saith, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. And Jesus departed from thence and came nigh into the Sea of Galilee and went up into a mountain and sat down there. Are we like this woman here that when we pray and he doesn't answer, God remains silent? Do we still pray? Do we still pursue after him? Do we still seek him until we get the answer? That ought to be our our pursuit that ought to be our dedication uh, to praying and to seeking uh, God's heart. In verse number three, we, we have our desire. The first part of that, of that verse, have mercy upon us, O Lord, have mercy upon us. What need there is for God's mercy. Turn over to Hebrews 4, if you would. Hebrews 4, look at verses 14 through 16. Here, Paul is writing about our great high priest that has passed into the heavens. Then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy, and find grace to help in time of need. When we understand our high priest, we understand that we, we, we have a high priest. We have a high priest that is passed in to the heaven. Jesus, the Son of God, we have him. We don't, we're not looking for one. We're not, we're not hoping uh, that, he, that we have one. No, we have a great high priest. And he's there in the right hand of God. He's there as our advocate. We have a great high priest who knows what we're going through, who's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He was in all points tempted like as we are, yet Without sin, he knows what we're going through, he understands where we're at, and we're to come before him seeking mercy. And that's the desire here in Psalm 123. Have mercy upon us, O Lord. The second desire we see is mercy. <laughs> Have mercy upon us. 
Have mercy upon us, O Lord. Have mercy upon us. You know, we, our country greatly needs God's mercy. We are in, we are in deep trouble. <laughs> our, we've been in deep trouble. We, are, we haven't... Uh, we haven't recognized it. We've ignored it. For decades, we are in deep trouble. And we are getting exactly what we deserve. And so we need God's mercy. We need God to do something that we don't deserve. We need God to give us what we certainly do not deserve. We need God's mercy. We need to be praying for God's mercy because, because of our destitution. In verses three, the second part of verse number three, on into verse number four, we see the destitution. He says, have mercy upon us, for we are exceedingly filled with contempt. Our soul is exceedingly filled with the scorning of those that are at ease and with the contempt of the proud. Do we even realize our need? Here the psalmist, he, he was praying for God's mercy twice. Have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us. Why? Because he realized his need. For we are exceedingly filled with contempt. He understood the need in his own life. He understood the need in, in the people of Israel and their life. He understood what they needed. Do we? Do you understand what, what you need? Do you understand how far you are from where God wants you to be? Do you understand how far you are from God's desire for you? Ephesians 4 tells us that it's, uh, what's God's goal for you? Unto a perfect man, <laughs> to the me- measure the, the uh, what's the phrase, the, the uh, Ephesians 4, verse number, the phrase just went on my mind. Ephesians 4 and verse number 13, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's God's will for you. How far are you from that? How far are we from where God wants us to be? Do we understand our need? You know, the, the lost, they can see our need. They, they don't recognize it as a need. But it's interesting here in verse, verse number four, our soul is exceedingly filled with the scorning of those that are at ease. The lost, the world mocks God's people. Why do they mock? Because they, they see what, a, what an inconsistency there is. <laughs> what an inconsistency there is from what they say they believe, from the God that they say that they serve, that the God that they say exists, and from the life that they live. There's such an inconsistency. We give the world all sorts of things to mock at. In Psalm 137, as God's people were in captivity... In verse number 2, it says, We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof, for there they that carried us away captive required of us a song, and they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. You can almost hear the sarcasm. You say you're God's people. Sing to us about God. (laughs) Sing to us about your homeland. If, you're God, if God's so special to you, then sing to us. 
In Psalm 44, it says, Thou makest, a re- thou makest us a reproach to our neighbors, a scorn and a derision to them that are round about us. Now, that certainly applies to so many American Christians. I'm sure in other countries as well, but certainly in America, we are a reproach to our neighbors or a scorn and derision to them that are round about us, as far as those that claim to be Christians. It says, Thou makest us a byword among the heathen, a shaking of the head among the people. My confusion is continually before me, and the shame of my face hath covered me. For the voice of him that reproacheth and blasphemeth by reason of the enemy and avenger. The lost, look at our inconsistent lives, look at our responses to, uh, to the situations we live in. They see how we, we react and we give them all sorts, of, all sorts of fodder for them to mock and to score and to cast reproach. They can see our need. <laughs> Again, they don't recognize it as a need. They don't say, those Christians need revival. But they see the inconsistency there. And so often we don't. Here in our text, the, the psalmist here understood his need. Understood his, the need for God to have mercy upon them. Understood the contempt and the scorning. They, he describes that our, their souls were exceedingly filled with those things with the contempt of the proud. Do we understand our need for God to work among us? No matter what happens with the election, no matter what happens with our country, do we see the need for God to work among us as a church, among among us as individual believers? Will we be a light that God wants us to be no matter what happens with the election. No matter how wicked and that our nation becomes or if our nation is destroyed. You read through Revelation, I don't see in Revelation where I would see, boy, that, 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 sure, that must be America. <laughs> that sure sounds like America. I don't see anything in Revelation that would point me to, to think that America is, is of any sort of a power at all come that time will we be a lighthouse when our nation is in absolute darkness during World War II during, with the Nazis in Germany uh, and the, the Soviets after that in the Eastern Bloc countries and so many churches folded and just became a mouthpiece for the culture. Sadly, many Baptists went along with, with Hitler, followed along with what Hitler was doing, and it was, it was others that, you know, we, we hear about Dietrich you know, Bonhoeffer and his stand against, against Hitler. He wasn't a Baptist, I believe he was Lutheran. But he, he, he had the guts to stand up against Hitler when, when most Baptists in Germany didn't. And it was just recently that, that Baptists in Germany uh, put out a public apology for how they acted during the Nazi reign. Where will our church be? 
What will we be doing? Where will you be? Do we understand our need for revival? Do we understand that God is our only source of hope? God is our only source of, of help. In our, the sheet we handed out this evening, the focus on the sheet tonight is on our prayer life. And in Jeremiah 9, verses 23 through 24, that we looked at last night, it says, Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might, let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight saith the Lord. We consider our relationship with the Lord and uh, yet last night we looked at our pursuit of intimacy as it relates to God's word and tonight these questions are to to spur our minds in relation to our prayer life. Do we have meaningful prayer as a part of our daily life or is it just a, a routine? Do we just go through the motions or is it Actually, a, a meaningful time when we are fellowshipping with the Lord. Uh, do we pray regularly with, with others, whether family or friends, other believers? When was the last time that I received an answer to prayer that only God could fulfill? When was that? When the, was it today? A few days ago, a few weeks ago, a few months ago? Has it been years? Are my prayers heartfelt? Are they just empty words? Are they just repetitions? Is it just a duty? These are some questions that we need to be asking ourselves and understand that if we circle no on any of those questions, that our intimacy with God is, is diminishing. That we're not growing in the Lord, we're not growing in intimacy with Him. We are getting colder with him. Tonight we're going to take some more prayer requests, and I'm going to go through some of the prayer requests that were already given. Um, I didn't get a chance to type these out. We will, we will type these out. But we 